It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. We've got a lot to get to today as we kick off the week on Monday with some big news surrounding SMU's football schedule as Texas State will now host SMU on August 29th, not September 5th, as originally planned for the season opener. So we're going to dish on that, what it means, what's next for SMU now, as they now have a, an open date currently on September 5th with that season opener in San Marcos now moved up to August 29th. SMU also picked up a football commitment just on Thursday, so we're going to discuss that. And also, we're going to preview the wide receiver position, which might be the most fun position to talk about on this entire football team. So, a lot to get to on this edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for being here with me, Billy Embody, on this Monday, if you're listening as this podcast hit the airwaves. Let's dive right in to the big news of the week, which is SMU moving its season opener with Texas State up a whole week. Now that allows SMU, which they did Monday morning, to start fall camp. If you follow them on Twitter, they tweeted out, hey, we're getting fitted, ready to go for face masks and pads and all of those things. And sure enough, SMU SMU was on the field Monday going through uh, practice in just shorts and, and jerseys, no pads, but they were in helmets, of course, with the new face shields that Nike has put in to the helmets to, I guess, kind of uh, limit the amount of breathing on each other directly, or at least as best as you can. And so now SMU's into fall camp. It's official. We're here. Football season is less than a month away, which is pretty incredible to think about, where we've seen some of the other conferences, the Power Five ones, namely, going to conference-only schedules. I think it's so weird to think about SMU kicking off this month down in San Marcos while LSU, as you guys know, the other team that I cover, will be kicking off at the end of September in their conference-only schedule for the SEC. So weird times in college football, but here's my thing with them moving up the Texas State game. And I've said this on Pony Stampede for our subscribers, and I said it going into the weekend. SMU is fully prepared to play its 12-game schedule as is right now, and barring the Big 12 coming out and saying no non-conference games, it's looking pretty good that they're going to have a chance to do just that. Now, will we see the potential of a outbreak or something like that canceling a game? I mean, you can't write it off. But at this point, as the schedule sits and as all of SMU's opponents and SMU is preparing, they're preparing to play the schedule uh, Throughout its entirety, SMU, I believe, is one of eight college football teams or somewhere around eight, nine, ten college football teams with its full 12 game schedule currently intact in terms of opponents. So we will see what SMU does with the September 5th weekend. I think you could see maybe a shift with the SFA game or the TCU game. Both schools have open dates on that weekend. So would SMU opt to say, hey, let's move it up? Because if you think about it, and this is just me speculating, SMU could face TCU on September 5th, and that would allow TCU to get a game scheduled earlier and get it on the books earlier and then figure out how do they replace 
the loss of some of their other non-conference games. And, and SFA, you know, could move that game up. And it's an easy fix for everyone, I would think. Now, will that happen? We'll just have to see. I mean, all of that is probably subject to conference approvals, waivers, TV deals, you know, all of that. And so that is something to monitor as uh, we get closer to what looks like a full college football season for SMU. So SMU now in fall camp. And the reason why they're able to do that is because their season is now less than a month away. And really, if the announcement was made earlier, uh, let's say late last week, they could have been fully practicing and and going at it uh, late last week. So SMU can now fully prepare for its season. And the thing that also stands out to me is this, is now that they have it on the schedule, they're in fall camp, which is critical. So now you can really start installing some things. They're not as much uh, individual workouts and, and guys running around as it is true install, getting the guys in camp together and, and trying to get through it, of course, with without much COVID uh, issues popping up throughout fall camp. And so let's say they get to the point where they do play Texas State on August 29th. Then if something happens, they do have flexibility within their schedule. And, and think about this too. They play Texas State. They don't have a game right now September 5th. Then what does that look like when you play a team that let's say, you know, a couple of SMU players maybe were exposed to a Texas State player that had COVID. Then you have a full basically two weeks to confirm that that player or group of players is good for that next game, which would be, I, I believe, unless I'm getting my schedule wrong, uh, SFA. It could be uh, UNT on, on September 12th. But uh, that's just kind of the thought is that you know, there, that allows you some flexibility if COVID-19 concerns arise. And that was something that Texas State mentioned in their press release announcing the shift Monday mid-morning that, that they had also kind of taken into consideration. They got a waiver from both the Sun Belt and the AAC to do this. And part of it was, in fact, a COVID-19 concern. So that is kind of the good thing for SMU. They're going to get a game out of the way in week zero, which I think is a big positive and I think when, as you're seeing, for example, the SEC moving their conference title game back to December 19th, or that weekend, uh, somewhere around there, that means, okay, could we see the schedule spread out a little bit more where some of these teams maybe get a couple of open dates in there so that, again, if you have a COVID situation, they could theoretically have enough time off where it might not impact the team week to week as much. And that's just kind of my thought on it because, and and if you look at it like this, if SMU were to move up some of its other games in the non-conference and then has an open date before the TCU game, that really helps maybe everybody get through what they're dealing with in terms of COVID, whether it's exposure, whether it's actually having it and contracting it and making sure everybody's good. And then that way you can then move on to that next game. So right now, it's August 29th at Texas State in San Marcos, then September 12th in Ford Stadium against SFA, and then UNT comes to town, or excuse me, SMU heads up to Denton on September 19th, and then TCU Saturday at home, September 26th. Now, SMU is still going to announce in the coming week or so, 
their plan for Ford Stadium and what it will look like uh, with the socially distanced crowd. So they're still working through that. And and like Rick Hart said, if you read the story on Pony Stampede late last week, you know that can change from game one to game six. It, it could look totally different later in this fall. Um, but they are working on that and, and getting all the approvals necessary uh, to figure out the best way to have fans in Ford Stadium. So we will see what this means for SMU's schedule. I would imagine all the avenues are being explored to set it up where the risk for SMU for their schedule to really be impacted, and I think impacted in a couple ways, whether it be COVID outbreaks, whether it be having your full roster for certain games. So if they were to move up, let's say the TCU game to September 5th, that means they got to get through August 29th at Texas State and get through it without, let's say, some of their star players getting COVID. And then you're into the TCU week and you can then prepare for that Horned Frog team and have a full complement of players. If you move up an SFA into that September 5th slot, then you have the two weeks between that and North, North Texas, who does have a game scheduled on September 5th right now, to prepare for North Texas and then TCU and then Memphis. So we'll see if this, this if the shifting is done, but that's kind of my thought on on how it could be a, a positive and used in a positive way to maybe help SMU not only minimize how COVID could negatively impact their roster for games, but also to maybe manage it a little bit if there were to be some positive cases or some exposure. Enough of that, but that was big news, of course, to kick off the week. And I want to run it back to SMU landing a commitment from Springtown, Texas kicker, Brendan Hall. And if you followed Pawn Pony Stampede, if you're a VIP subscriber, you guys know that he's been in my class prediction piece for a while. I believe I dropped my first one in February, and he was in the first one. He's somebody that SMU's targeted from the get-go, a very quiet young man who doesn't do social media, so we don't really know what his offer situation was uh, and and kind of who all had offered him, but from everyone I've talked with and and you know, looking at one the need for him with Chris Nagar, uh, a fifth-year senior coming from Texas, they needed a, a scholarship kicker and they wanted to go with Brendan Hall and he's been the guy for a long long time. So he called up Sonny Dykes and committed on on Thursday, and uh, you know that gives SMU, and you never know with kickers when they transition to the college level, but theoretically, somebody who's very very highly thought of by this coaching staff now into that position as a scholarship kicker for the next four years, and that's big. And he's a big kid, big kids, about six seven, two hundred pounds. You don't see that very often, but he can really boot it. Uh, he does a great job on kickoffs, has a big leg. Has a, has a, does a really nice job. And as he gets stronger, he'll he'll develop more length, I think, on his field goals. He's still kicking off a tee, which is, you know, consistent for high school. But, uh, you know, SMU really prioritized him from the get-go. He's been their guy now for well over a year. And so they get him on the, on the board as the 12th commitment in the 2021 recruiting class. Uh, he's one of the best kickers in the country from, from what my sources are telling me in their opinion. So... Uh, a big pickup for SMU and Brendan Hall uh, pushes the class to 12 commitments. And uh, he broke down his decision on Pony Stampede, which you can read if you're a VIP subscriber, kind of more on his game, how they recruited him, and, and just how excited he is to be a Mustang. Now, 
on the other side of this break from the Pony Stampede podcast, we're going to flip over and look at the wide receiver position and preview that as fall camp gets underway with uh, one of the most exciting position previews I think you can uh, look at on this SMU football team. So we're going to have a ton of fun with that on the other side of this break from the Pony Stampede podcast. Don't go anywhere. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. A quick reminder, guys, to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and subscribe to the pod. And also... 24-7 Sports turns 10 years old this month, and with that, we are offering 50% off annual subscriptions, and we'll also have a couple perks uh, for our long-time subscribers who have been with us from the beginning, and so look for that as the month rolls on. 10 years of 24-7 Sports, incredible, uh, as uh, we, we try to reward you guys with the start of fall camp and a deal to take advantage of that, but also... To celebrate what's been a uh, rapid rise uh, to the top of uh, the recruiting world. So we appreciate all you guys who've been around for 10 years. And now we're going to get back to what we wanted to do, which is preview the SMU wide receiver room. And you talk about talent on this football team and you immediately think of the wide receiver group and headlined by Reggie Robertson, who returns for his senior year, which for Reggie, I mean, you got to be thinking with Shane Bouchelle coming back, he is just licking his chops to be healthy. He had that really unfortunate, if I remember correctly, it was pretty much a non-contact foot injury against Houston, and that ended his season. And it's really unfortunate because he was one of, I believe, one or two receivers in the country averaging over 100 yards per game. He could take the top off the defense and really SMU's offense. And I think it's kind of, hard to sit there and say it because you know they had great performances against Memphis and ECU but they also had moments where they couldn't get anything going and forget the bowl game but that's an example and then Navy was certainly one but there was just something missing in the SMU offense once Reggie Robertson went down and it allowed Kylan Granson to emerge and Rasheed Rice to emerge but he's got to be thinking he's gonna have a chance to make himself quite a bit of NFL money, at least on his rookie deal, if he can put together a full, healthy season uh, in his final year at SMU. So headlined by Reggie Robertson. And then you look at Danny Gray, the JUCO wide receiver that SMU flipped from TCU during the early signing period. He's on campus and 
again, if you've followed us on Pony Stampede, the, the early returns on Danny Gray from, from our sources are uh, terrific. Uh, he is going to be a, a net, an SMU just star uh, for, by all accounts. It's going to be really special to watch what he puts together uh, with Shane Bouchelle and, and obviously Reggie Robertson will be opposite of him or, you know, on the same side of the formation, you got to decide who you're going to cover. He's got elite sub 11, 100 meter time. I mean, he is, uh, he's world-class. He really is. And, and, and SMU is extremely excited about him. They added Arkansas transfer TQ Jackson, who gives them a really big body on, on the outside with Calvin Wiggins as well in that spot. And Kiki Burns as well to, to, uh, red shirt, red shirt freshman at that spot. Um, behind TQ Jackson, I would say if TQ can be eligible right away, transferred this offseason, sat out uh, for much of the year at Arkansas. But uh, m- most people, I mean, he's kind of your your quintessential big body receiver. They think he's got a chance to be a big red zone threat. Uh, he moves really well. He runs around. He's uh, He was a four-star prospect coming out of high school for a reason. And um, SMU was, was right in it for him when he came out and, and ended up at Arkansas. But now he returns to Texas and has a chance, if eligible this year, to, to break out, I think. And then I look at Rasheed Rice and what he did last year as uh, Reggie Robertson went down and, uh, you know, he stepped up in such a big way, had a huge game against Memphis. And, and you bring him back as a true sophomore now uh, following his big uh, freshman season, his second half of his freshman season really, that uh, stood out in a big way. And I think Rasheed has always struck me as just somebody who's ready, ready to work. And, uh, you know, just being around him from his high school days, he's really stood out in that regard. So I think he's going to be a huge factor in, in this offense as well. It's going to be interesting to see how SMU does with all the wide receiver talent they have because they've got four wideouts uh, that you could roll out there and probably feel pretty good about. But then you also have Kylan Granson, and you've got this hodgepodge of running backs that you need somebody to merge, and Sonny Dykes wants to run the football, and Garrett Riley, coming from App, App State, uh, has some really good concepts to bring in in that regard. As the Mountaineers were one of the best rushing teams in college football, and have been for you know many years now. And so, how does all of this look? Is going to be the, probably one of my biggest questions of what fall camp, and then you know it goes into the season as you watch it unfold. But you look at Robertson, Gray. TQ, Rasheed, you bring back Calvin Wiggins and and Kiki Burns, and then you also add Travion Johnson, who's a, a, a guy that, look, a lot of people are really, really high on in terms of what he's going to bring to the table as a freshman. Maybe he could use a redshirt year to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, but he's really fast. He can move around, and he can really go. And so a lot of SMU folks are excited about him. And then you've got depth guys. And guys who have played a lot of football, and really, Tyler Page comes out uh, as one that 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 stands out to me in that regard. I don't know what his role will be this year. Austin Upshaw was emerging in spring ball as a legit wideout threat uh, for SMU, and and then spring ball, of course, was was cut short. Um, so they've got options, and they they have a lot of different players that they can roll out there. But if you're SMU, you've got to feel really good about where it all stands because, I mean, you have this embarrassment of riches who could cover up what is inexperience at the running back position and certainly 
um, take the take the uh, pressure off of that group and 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 allow them maybe some time to adjust and emerge and do all of those things. So this wide receiver room, I think, has the chance with Shane Bouchel at quarterback to just be elite. I think they're one of the best groups in the country, top to bottom. They are right there, uh, not at the top of college football. There are some other power five, you know, national championship type teams that just by nature of the beast have more talent. But when you look at wide receiver rooms and what SMU has, you've got to feel terrific if you're David Grew and what you what you get a chance to coach with this year. And for Garrett Riley and A.J. Ricker and Sonny Dykes, a lot of fun uh, to come from this wide receiver group in 2020. I'm interested to see how much more they bring in the high percentage throws like the mesh and some of the short passing game concepts that sometimes in the power spread aren't used as much. And we kind of saw that with Rhett Lashley at the helm. But Sonny Dykes has really talked up the use of some of those high percentage throws to allow Shane Bouchelle to get into a little bit better better of a rhythm and uh, convert a little bit better in the red zone and on third down. And so like we've kind of said, SMU won't look too different offensively formationally this year. You have Kylan Granson back. He's one of the best tight ends in college football. He's going to be on the field. And then you, for the most part, want to have a running back out there. So that's two. Obviously, you've got three other spots. There's there's plenty of wide receivers to go around at SMU, and they want to go really fast. And I think the way they're going to have to do that is to have that formational flexibility. And you can also split out Kylan Granson into the slot or maybe outside and make him make a corner match up with him or make the team just declare their coverage uh, by moving him around. I think he's somebody that can really help SMU get into the right play, get into really good situations. And uh, so while this is the wide receiver preview uh, for fall camp, uh, Kylan Granson is going to factor into how this position works out just because of his versatility and and certainly his production from last year, especially once Reggie Robertson went down. So you've got Robertson, who's somebody that, if healthy, should be a thousand yard receiver. I mean, we've been saying that now uh, for the past two years, just his elite speed, ability to take the top off of defense. And I think now with the depth, when you look at Rasheed Rice and if TQ Jackson is eligible and Danny Gray and Calvin Wiggins and Kiki Burns and all the guys we've discussed that can allow him to maybe take some plays and and sit out and maybe not have to shoulder the load as much which you know doesn't always make sense when you have his elite speed out there but he's like a Ferrari you've got to kind of keep him ready to go and you don't want to overuse him and overstress his engine uh, because we have seen him and face some injury struggles at times uh, through his career so uh, here's to Reggie, hopefully having a, a really strong year, a healthy year, because you know he's worked really hard from when he got here at SMU to where he is now, uh, just on and off the field, just as a leader, as everything. So um, we will see kind of what happens with him, of course, but a lot of excitement around Danny Gray and, and some of uh, what he can bring to this team. I mean, he is uh, elite in, in very many, in, in plenty of ways. And so with Danny Gray and Reggie Robertson right there, that's a one-two punch at receiver that has got to be right up there with, you know, plenty of the best wide receiver tandems, at least in college football, just from athleticism, speed, and, and the ability to produce. So with Shane Bouchelle at the helm, they'll get plenty of opportunities. And look, this is probably the strongest position on the team. I don't think anybody would argue 
with me on that one, just the talent, the production, and if they can stay healthy, it's going to be a really special year for that group. So with that, we're going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. But first, quick shout out to Isaiah Mike, who signed uh, with the German Basketball League, the Chemitz uh, 99ers. So not the 49ers, but the 99ers. So he'll he'll decide October 6th whether he'll remain in the 2020 NBA draft or push his name to the 2021. But either way, he's gone pro. He's signed with the 99ers in Germany. So good for him, and congrats to Isaiah Mike. With that, we're going to shut down this edition of the pod. Hope everybody had a great weekend and has a great week as well. Thanks for listening. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.